0: Incoming facts from Stadium and Gale.
1: Welcome to Facts Only with Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk and my man, Dan Thompson. We're hanging out vibing. Dan, what it do?
2: Not much, man. Reporting live to you from Atlanta.
1: ATL. You surveyed us in the cheeks? How's it okay. looking out there?
2: Hey, okay. did some research. I uh, did some research on the bourbon selection yesterday. Got me some pappy yesterday. Uh, right. we're ready to ready to ride.
1: All right. We just pulling up to, uh, to kind of uh, post early signing day show. Uh, we wanted to just pretty much grade the class real quick, talk about some impact for players and, and, and kind of critique what we got going on recruiting-wise as well. Uh, we're going to bring a couple guys on to kick it with us and do our thing. So, uh, I mean, early signing day wasn't all fireworks. I think signing day is changing a little bit. All the explosive stuff and the surprises aren't really there like it used to be.
2: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think that this year is obviously you know, a completely different year overall. Uh, considering that we we didn't really have any official visits, not a lot of unofficial visits or anything else. So you didn't see as many flips. You didn't see as many changes. Uh, and a lot of the people just kind of went with what, what they knew. So um, I think that because of that, we might get a big uh, couple years in the transfer portal. Uh, but, uh, you know, like you said, it was pretty impactful. A lot of the guys that they thought would sign did. A lot of the guys that they didn't think, you know, could sign didn't. So uh, not, not much to, to wait around and spend a ton, ton of time in front of the TV.
1: Yeah, I want to, I mean, when we get these guys on, we'll talk about the guys that didn't sign. Why and, and the possibilities are, are we dealing with academic issues again? We'll get into all that when we get guys on here to hang out with us a little bit. Um, we we'll probably get a little, a little bit more intel behind the yeah. scenes. It's our, our guest, guest opinions and shit.
2: Yeah, we, we've got uh, Mike Farrell from Rivals.com coming on, got the godfather of recruiting. I'm excited to bring him on. Uh, he's going to give us kind of a national perspective, kind of big picture for the Gators, and then we'll break it down with Andrew Spivey from Gator Country uh, as well here over the next hour or so. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to uh, one of our sponsors, Lemon and Lines, who is a local online design business focused on creating custom design work for businesses of all sizes and personal projects as well. So Rebecca Allison is a two-time Gator, specializes in branding, web design, graphic design, and everything in between. So if you're looking for a website, a logo, brand design, social media, or video, email template, print and digital marketing materials, t-shirts, or merchandise design, give her a call at 321-300-6557 or visit LemonAndLines.com. Again, that is Rebecca Allison. All right, uh, so let's break this down a little bit granularly before we bring on uh, Mike Farrell. Uh, How would you rank the class uh, on offense?
1: Rank it, Um, you I mean I, I like an A through it. an F? Like offensive line, I thought we did terrible. <laughs> I would, I, I, I like just to be real, I would get off offensive line. I'm not evaluating of offensive lines, but on star ranking and and, and and just who we beat for guys like the obvious recruiting stuff. I'm gonna give us a we failed. yeah, to be honest with the success we got on the field and, and the logo we got on our chest. We should be getting more touted guys at offensive line, so I'm gonna get that position, uh, an elf. I think wide receiver is a is a it's a, a success right now. Okay, um, we'll see what happens with Charles Montgomery and um, what's the other receiver that has that has this? Trevante Rucker. Yep. So we'll see what happens with those guys. If they qualify, we have issues there. I know they wasn't they, they, those two guys that didn't sign today. I know they were trying to trip uh, Flip Bouchard today for some reason, and that didn't <laughs> happen. So uh wide receiver. But uh, for this class, is still up, up up for questioning. We'll see on, on national sign today. But right now, I'll give it a B. Okay. Um, Quarterback, I, I'm going to give Dan Mullen an evaluation. He know what he's doing. Del Rio, yep. showed that he can play ball. I think Kitten could be uh, a program guy like trash and get hot late on the career. So, quarterback room, I give a Mullen a solid A. He's going to do what okay. he do. Um, Running back, we got Bowman coming in, whether it's through the port or not as a recruit. So, not mad at running back either. I'm uh, mad at the recruiter at running back. I think uh, – who did he land in cycle? We'll get yeah. to that later. We'll, we'll critique the recruiters later. But overall, I'll get the offense, bro. I'll see. I yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you didn't touch on the tight ends. I mean, I think that they did okay there with – Right. With with Elksness and, and Wilcox, uh, but like you said, so th- we are missing a lot on the offensive line, and the, that's really where Florida needed help. You know, they're struggling at the tackle position. They they didn't really sign any true tackles. We still uh, they have an up-
1: opportunity though with yep. with, Lee, with Lee pushing yep. his commitment back to February. He's the guy that's supposed to sign with uh, Oklahoma today, and yep. he decided not to. And that's the guy we just had a visit on last week that came to LSU, and we, we are in it, in this thing so. We have we have an opportunity to bring a stud in That offensive tackle, right. which is a glaring need. But as of right now, like that, our offensive line class looks crazy, and, and we may have a couple of those guys that may qualify with Hammond. We don't know if he's gonna get. <laughs>
2: It's it's kind of wild to think about, you know. So so Florida really struggles on the offensive line. They got a couple of tweeners in there. Uh, they got a center. They got a couple of guards. They didn't really get much help on the tackle position. I think that Yusef Mugurbill is probably your best offensive uh, lineman get uh, number fifteen uh, overall guard in the country. Uh, outside of that, definitely uh, missed some pieces at uh, at wide receiver. So uh, you know you you hit on it a little bit, but I I, I don't know if Florida was was very successful there. Um, You know, I think Marcus Burke is pretty good. I think that uh, Dajon Reynolds is is good as well. Um, But, you know, Trevante Rucker – may make it to campus, may not make it to campus, isn't going to sign until February at the earliest. Um, and then Charles Montgomery wasn't given an opportunity to sign this week either. So, uh, you know, you miss on those two guys, then you're you're really uh, in a spot where you you need some help. You know, Florida's yeah, I obviously see
1: clarity on why they hadn't signed before. I just say it's a failure at a position. So I'm just saying like as of yeah. now, it's okay. Oh, sure. but if they don't make it in, it looks real weird at, at, at receiver, but. I thought the
2: push for Rashard Smith was interesting, considering that Florida, you know, kind of pushed him out of the class um, over the summer, and then they they you know, really went all in towards him uh, at the end. Uh, yeah, I thought that, that was an interesting decision. Uh, you know, Destin Paison or Destin Hill um, is still out there. He did not sign with FSU today, like uh, was potentially anticipated. So that's a, another name and another body out there as well. You know, but I think that Florida needs some help at the uh, the wide receiver position uh, before I call that group you know successful even if those guys do sign I still think that it's average at best considering how often you know Florida does throw the ball uh, and the uh, the role of the wide receiver in uh, Florida's offense uh running back I mean DeMarcus Bowman's great but I really want to see us get you know somebody in the in the process I mean we haven't signed a running back in what two years and that was Naquan, right in two two straight cycles you know no running backs in the class now you add Lorenzo Lingard and that's good and you add DeMarcus Bowman and that's good but you know, outside of that, you know, you don't you don't have any high schoolers committed.
1: They banking right? on that, man. I just don't think they're like, I don't want to get into all my takes right now. I want to be <laughs> a little bit more informative. Um, we yeah. kind of grade things, but I just don't think they I think they they, they know they could go to that portal in a crunch and they're banking on it a little bit. Um, we don't know if this is new the new way of college football or or you know what I'm saying, how sustainable this is, but right now that seems to be the plan.
2: Yeah, Um, and I just got a text. It it seems like uh, Charles Montgomery and Deviah Hammond are are out of this class um, just as a whole. So um, that makes that offensive line room a little sketchy, and that makes that uh, that – Running back, uh, wide receiver room uh, – or not running back, pardon me, wide receiver room a little uh, shaky as well. So, you know, Florida's definitely got to put the uh, the pedal to the metal if they want to add, you know, some additional help. But, you know, where is Florida's most glaring need? You know, this year was on the offensive line and they didn't hit it. So um, that's okay. Um, you know, Florida was able to get a couple good running – or uh, quarterbacks. Who do you think has a has a more successful career uh, at Florida? Uh, Carlos Del Rio or Jalen Kitna?
1: I'll take Del Rio. I think okay. – I think we just about to get back. Everybody's complaining about how much we throw this year. I think next year, everybody's gonna be complaining about how much we run.
2: <laughs> oh man, um, let's talk about defense. Xavier uh, Sori just announced that he's going to uh, to Georgia. By the way, that was uh, somebody that Florida was looking at uh, out of IMG Academy. Uh, but uh, so, your thoughts on the uh, defensive side of the ball?
1: Oh, uh, it's hard. It's hard to say. Uh, I think defense defensive yeah. back was a success. It's hard to say yeah. it's not. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jason Marshall is a dog. Corey Carrier is, is going to be a good football player. Donovan McMillian, you got guys that are going to play and be productive. Chief Borders is really good. Uh, Justice, Justice Boone, like Desmond Watson, We got some guys that can play football mm-hmm. on the defensive side. Um, did we hit every need? I, I don't think we got any true linebackers. Um, it was interesting that we didn't go out to none, but all these tweeners and these guys that could do several things, because um, the one black is in his class, and, um, and by all accounts, I, I think he's going to make it in. So he's yeah. another tweener guy. Yep, so we, we got some time athletes at like the linebacker position, but I don't know. If we got guys that that can fix our glaring need of, of somebody just stick their nose in to be physical and bring a different presence. So we don't have that guy. We're missing mm. that type of guy.
2: Yeah, I think Chief Borders is probably your most traditional linebacker in that group, right? Um,
1: I mean, he's an uh, like outside linebacker, like Edge. I he's, he's I, think, I don't he's, think he's, he's big.
2: Oh shoot! Sorry, drop my mic there. He's big, but I don't know. You know, if he fills that that dog middle linebacker role either, right? Um
1: his hand I mean, might end up in the dirt, like for real, for real.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could definitely grow into it. Um, you know, like you said, Dewan Black is definitely a, a tweener, you know, safety star linebacker. I don't I don't know. Man. I mean, I am starting to get frustrated with that linebacker position because you know, Scooby Williams, Jeremiah Williams, who was, you know, threatened not to sign, did sign. Um, you know, he's probably more of a buck than anything. Um, you know, Chief Borders is again a as a linebacker, but again, you're still missing, you know, that that true linebacker, you know, that's not a tweener or, or you know, lacking position. But I mean, Chief Border is up for the B- Butkus Award in high school uh, for best linebacker in the country. So obviously, you know, good. You, you know
1: um, I mean, I, I like watching a lot, but what do you feel about defensive tackle recruiting? <laughs> I mean.
2: Florida struggled last year at the defensive tackle position. You know, there's some rumors about, you know, even some potential movement at that position in the offseason. Like uh, Desmond Watson, I think he's a good player. I think he's better ranked than than some of these other websites have given him. Um I don't think that that Thomas is um is a super impactful guy right away. Could he grow into it? Maybe, um, you know, he's got, he's got, he's tall, you know, he's six, six uh 277. He's got a, a frame to grow into, you know, but I don't know if he's a super, you know, impactful player, you know, over the next couple of years. And, you know, so what does that leave Florida, you know, it leaves him Jalen Lee where there's some discussion about him um, Jalen Jalen Humphreys, uh, you know, some discussion about him, you know, Gervon Dexter, you know, but outside of that, you know, Florida really is, you know, if Kyrie Campbell leaves and then if uh, Big Slayton leaves too, you know, that leaves some holes at the defensive tackle position. And that, no, if
1: both that of those gone.
2: Yeah, so that, that leaves, you know, some huge glaring holes and I don't think that Florida has filled, you know, that either. And, I, and, I'm, um, and I'm sounding negative, and, and I don't mean to. Like you said, Jason Marshall is really good. I think that he's going to be a big, impactful player. I think that he'll probably play next year. Um, I think that um, that Corey Collier, you know, with some refinement, is going to be a good player as well. But, you know, outside of that, I, I'm I'm struggling to pick who I think the big impact players on the defensive side of the ball uh, will be. I think that Jeremiah Williams could be a good player. Um, I think Desmond Watson could be a good player. I think Donovan McMillan what I like about him is that he's a wrestler, right? So I think that he's going to be your sure tackler type of guy. Um, I think that Justice Boone, you know, is, is probably your unheralded, uh, who was a Jabari Zuniga that kind of came in late. Uh, you know, nobody really knew about him, came under the radar uh, and, you know, made a big impact. So I think that Justice Boone might be that guy for me.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I like, I'm going to go Watson. I think Watson is going to be a, 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 a guy just, Takes up a lot of space um, and just be a presence. He's a big ass body, man. So I'm gonna go with Watson. Uh, I think he's gonna be impactful early because he's just at a position where mm-hmm. we're gonna have to play his as big ass early. Um, sorry for the language. <laughs> uh, well, I know, we, we, we talked about Bryce Langston on this pod on the podcast before, and, and yeah. I said the entire time he's been a Gator lean supposedly, and I and I kept saying, "Well, why is he not signed?" Those kids that just linger around like that, they be Gator leans, but they haven't signed. They're looking for a reason not to sign like the kids are not not coming he's one of those guys that just never felt like he was coming to UF yeah. and like right now we're getting a lot of forecasts on rivals uh with him going to LSU and also crystal balls on 247
2: yeah i don't i don't think that he ends up at Florida i think he was looking for a reason to go anywhere else Alabama uh today flipped Keanu coat from LSU uh and right after that all of a sudden every single um a crystal ball that was out there flew for Bryce Bryce Langston to LSU. Uh, when I talked to him last year at Friday Night Lights, it seems like he was really excited about you know potentially going to LSU. Um, you know, even though the floor has always been in the back of his mind, like you said. So had yeah, the opportunity to commit, you choose not to for many, 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 many times. Um, Kill was looking for something else, and you know now's Florida's chance to to move on and and try to find somebody to fill that uh, that spot in the class. Um, and and you know I I have mixed emotions about that. I don't think that he's impactful uh, as his um, maybe as his you know rating is. Uh, but again, you need bodies, and you know Florida's gonna miss uh, miss again at the defense tackle position or defensive yeah, end position.
1: Yeah, this staff just gotta show me they care about recruiting right now. You know, I think they are just gonna miss and try fix it in the portal. But right now, I ain't seeing it, man. Uh, you you yeah. know, like you get the energy from a, a staff that cares and. And putting a lot of energy into recruiting, and right now I'm just not feeling it, bro. And it's unfortunate because I love recruiting, I love yeah. covering it, I love following it. But right now, bro, when you got a winning product, and you know what I'm saying when it, when it, when Florida's good, this one of recruiting's fun. Yeah. Right now, it ain't even fun, bro. It's like we're playing good football. <laughs> we're putting yep. a good product on the field. Like like, what are y'all doing on the trail? Like, what's mm-hmm. not connecting? And if something's not connecting, you need to fire somebody. If something's need to happen in the recruiting office, you need to pour some money in it or pour some talent in it. You got to do something. You got to get some better people or put some money into something. But right now, like the recruiting ain't matching the product.
2: Yeah, let's. So we have we have Mike Farrell from Rivals waiting. Let's just go over those. Everybody that just a quick announcement to everybody that did sign today: Jason Marshall, Jeremiah Williams, Corey Collier, Marcus Burke, Donovan McMillan, Joseph Mugerbill, Dejon Reynolds, Chief Borders, Gage Wilcox, Justice Boone, Desmond Watson, Nick Elksness. Christopher Thomas, Jake Slaughter, Jalen Kitna, and we didn't talk about him, the long snapper, Rocco Underwood. Florida is still expecting letters of intent today from Tyreek Sapp, strong side defensive end out of St. Thomas, Carlos Del Rio, um, Dewan Black, Jordan Young, uh, and then the rest are kind of up in the air. Adrian Strickland, Deviah Hammond, uh, Dakota Mitchell, Javante Gardner, um, I wouldn't expect to get anything from them today. Charles Montgomery, Trevante Rucker, wouldn't expect to get anything from them today. I think those are February guys. Uh, and if I were a betting man, I would venture to guess that all of them, um, or at least probably seventy-five percent of those guys, won't be um, in this class. But since we have hey, hey, him waiting, hey, um,
1: yeah. yeah go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. I forgot we had somebody waiting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go
2: ahead. Well, let's let's bring Mike Farrell from rivals.com, the Godfather of recruiting. In Mike. Man, your busy day today. This is your Christmas before Christmas. It's good to have you back on.
3: Uh, it's good to be on. I hear you guys. Uh, this is this is funny for me just because this is kind of how it's been the last few years for Florida fans. Um, they get really disappointed at the end, but this is a good class uh, mm-hmm. from a ten thousand foot view. Not being a you know right there. I I wouldn't be too worried. I know there's some guys that were supposed to be in this class that aren't going to end up there. Um, But when McIlwain wasn't recruiting great classes, I was worried about his coaching ability. When Muschamp was recruiting good classes, I was worried about the offense. With Dan Mullen, I'm not worried because these guys are going to play a little bit higher than their ranking. Uh, that's just his mo, and that's the way it works. So I'm yeah, just I'm not. I'm
1: not worried. I just want us to get to that next level. You know what I'm saying? Like the, to to beat the Bama's and 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 to compete with the big dogs of the world. Eventually, you gotta. That's he's not gonna redefine football and just not recruit well and win big. Oh, I so agree. I just, with
3: you. Get to the Bama level and and obviously the Georgia level and the the LSU level of the SEC. You know those top five classes traditionally you have to recruit the state a little bit better. That's the one area that's lacking to me is, you know, Florida under Urban Meyer did a great job locking down the state and going down South and getting kids. And they had a national appeal to everybody. Uh, This Florida program hasn't done a great job in state. Uh, I don't think any of the in-state programs short of Miami this year have done a great job in state. They've lost some battles to um, obviously to, to Alabama, especially in Florida. And they don't have that big national appeal. But, you know, I, I, I hear you when, when you say you want more energy in the recruiting and the coaching. Dan Mullen is a he's a great coach. He's not a dynamic recruiter. Uh, Brewster was brought on for that. He's done a tremendous job. I'm sure they'll make additions. But just for Gators for fans freaking out, I, I just wouldn't do that right now because I think they've hit a lot of their needs in this class and the bottom line, I was talking to a coach the other day. Doesn't matter what position you recruit, you got to develop a quarterback, period. You look at what's going on at, at certain programs that can't develop quarterbacks or lost quarterbacks and didn't have a replacement for them, and they're in the dumpster. And I don't right. think Cullen's ever going to let Florida get to that point.
1: Do you think the offensive line recruiting is good enough to, to, to win big? Like, I think the offensive line recruiting needs to step up um I know they they could develop and all that and they've been developing but as we can see developing ain't been working um we can't run the ball
3: no that's a problem
1: I mean so that, I'm, not, I'm not concerned but I, I think I think that needs to step up a little bit that um is a, what you wait, think our chance at Lee is
3: I don't know you know I he <laughs> was locked up for the Sooners but the fact that he's not signing this week is a good sign for Florida uh LSU is confident but I've thought that they've been they've been out of this for a while um I think what's going to happen, you know, Caleb Williams is going to Oklahoma and he's friends with Caleb Williams. And that's the guy he's going to be protecting his blind side. And they have a tremendous relationship. He really liked Florida when he went down there and saw it. He liked the atmosphere and it was only what, 17,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think Florida has a chance. I think the fact that he said, I'm not signing this week means that Florida's in his mind um, and he's confused. And that's what they wanted to do out of this visit. If I still had to bet, I would say Sooners, but it doesn't look like Oklahoma's going to get Bryce Foster. I don't know if that's good or bad for them because I think Foster and Lee wanted to play together. So if Foster goes to AM, you never know. Lee might end up in
1: Florida. But I get it. They can't run. That's and that's about- a girlfriend. I mean, there's a girlfriend in Florida that you may want to play near.
3: UCF, right? hmm that's,
1: that's the road in the streets.
3: Well, i tell you what. I mean, listen, and a lot of guys have chosen schools for girlfriends over the years. Uh, and that's never going to stop. But talking to Tristan yesterday, he doesn't know where he wants to go, and he's been pretty confident about where he wants to go before that Florida visit. So that's a good thing. You. Um, you've got dynamic running backs, whether through the portal or, or you know, through recruiting. The O-line is a, is a concern to me, and and they have to be coached up because this is not Alabama's offensive line. If you look at Alabama's class with, you know, these guys are just five stars, Latham's ridiculous, uh, Brockermeyer, on and on. They've got just studs that they can plug in. Um, and you've got some projects like Youssef <laughs> is a project, Jake Slaughter is a project. That doesn't mean they're bad, it just means they're gonna take longer to develop. And the fact that they didn't get, you know, Strickland Gardner and Hammond to sign yet is is a bit of a concern. So I'll agree with you on the offensive line, but but I'm not gonna panic overall. Because I like the quarterbacks. I love the defensive backs. I love the defensive line. But you're right. I mean, if you don't win up front, you're not going to be able to run the football. And that's been the biggest problem this season.
2: And Mike, there's a lot of questions about uh, Trevin Wallace. You know, Florida wanting to go after him. What, what's the latest on on his recruitment?
3: Trevin's going to wait till February. He was all set to go to Auburn until Gus got fired. Um, Now he's going to wait. Florida hasn't gone in on him, to my knowledge. Again, it's been a busy day, my head swimming. He might have yeah. got two hours ago, and had I haven't had a chance to check in with him. But as of yesterday, when I talked to him, um, you know, he was in schools like LSU, South Carolina, Kentucky, back to Boston College. He was talking about where he had committed the mm-hmm. pre- Auburn. Still, if they go in on him, they're going to be a contender for sure. Um, same thing with Terrence Lewis. Previn doesn't have the off-field stuff as as Terrence Lewis, so I'm not sure what they're not seeing there. I know they tried to kind of nudge Chief out of the class. Um, didn't work. <laughs> so, so numbers wise, um, I, I that one, but numbers wise, they might not have the numbers you know to add a linebacker right now.
2: It's interesting, Mike, I, you know, there's a couple guys, you know, we just heard word that, that doesn't look like uh, Montgomery or Hammond are going to end up in this class, period. Um, you know, but Florida has some question marks at that linebacker position. They've not recruited linebackers. They've recruited some good linebackers, Tyron Hopper, Derek Wingo. Um, you know, you add chief Borders. I guess you guys have um, Jeremiah Williams, let says as a linebacker too. You know, but Florida's missing some kind of size – in that middle linebacker spot or, you know, inside linebacker spot. Is there anybody else out there that you think that Florida might go after, you know, in the linebacker position um, just as a whole? Well,
3: I, th- I think it, they could snap their fingers today and get Terrence Lewis, but the, yeah. off- the off-field stuff is – its it scared a lot of teams off, um, you know. And, and Tevin would be – I mean, he's a high academic, high upstanding kid. I, I, I don't know if they feel that Jeremiah's already that guy. Because um, they're very similar football players. But to me, that would be the player that I would go after. But Jeremiah Williams to me is going to be a, a stand up guy. I know he's so big, I know he's projected to be a hybrid, but I think he's so athletic that he could be a, a six foot four, 240 pound stand up linebacker. <laughs> he's going to emerge. He's a little short, but he's super athletic and he's going to emerge. So the, the linebacker position, if you get Jeremiah Williams to play linebacker, uh, and that's a big if, um, and, and you get Wingo to develop, I mean, you're, you're pretty much locked in two out of three of your guys that are going to be football player. So I, I do like what they do, um, and I don't think linebackers is really a reach position for them, or else they would have gone on Terrence Lewis by now. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what are your thoughts on chief borders as a whole? I mean, we talked a little bit about him and I know that there are some question marks. And if you can't uh, get somebody over to Stanford after he gets committed, then you, you, you have him um, set some records in Georgia uh, for a number of tackles up for the Butkus Award um, as well. I mean, what is it about him that has, you know, some fans, you know, in, in you kind of raising eyebrows about him? Um, it's just as a prospect.
3: You know, he's he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. Um, my concern is he's a little stiff at times. You know, direction isn't isn't there at times. Um, my biggest concern, honest to God, and I don't want to hear from anybody about it, is that he thinks he's better than he is,
2: hmm.
3: and and attitude's going to be one thing. It's going to be huge. So. They're going to have to sort of de-recruit him a little bit, which sounds funny because he's not a five-star anywhere. But I think that's what they're going to have to do. Um, very productive kid. Reminds me of Anthony Hines. So Anthony Hines, if you guys don't remember who Anthony Hines you shouldn't because he's a Texas A&M kid. <laughs> 18 billion tackles in high school. Mm-hmm. Father would tell you anytime he could get you uh, on the phone or to a DM that Anthony Hines was the greatest player that ever lived. And his stats were just outrageously padded, just unbelievable. 25 tackles a game, you know, you'd look at the game film, you get six. So I'm not saying that's what's happening here with Chief, but it reminds me of that situation. Now, now Hines sort of opted out of this season to get ready for the draft, and he's probably going to be a late rounder or a free agent because he just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's what Florida's seeing with Chief or not, but I, I do know that, Jeremiah Williams is kind of like the exact opposite. He's kind of like an aw shucks guy, and doesn't know how good he is. Those are the ones you want—the ones who don't know how good they are, like Tevin Wallace. No idea how he has no idea how good he is, and those are the ones that are going to be great. The ones who think they're great—that scares me. So, so what's your, how you grade the overall class? Well, we got it seventh. Um, I think you know you have to first look at quarterback you don't have a quarterback, your team is going to suck. And I've already said that, and I'm going to say it again. So, hitting NFL with the NFL, good seniors.
1: They'll re-prospect. Your mic's off a little bit. Am I off? Can you
3: hear me?
2: Yeah, we got you now.
3: So, I like the quarterback position. The O-line's up in the air. Um, The wide receiver position, obviously, with Rucker, that's kind of in flux there. But Burke is a heck of a player. Dejon Reynolds is a big physical kid that they're going to have trouble with. Wide receiver, they should be fine. Tight end, um, they're going to get a good one in 2022. they got two solid ones here. Uh, The defensive class I like a lot, especially the D-backs. They hit a home run there. Um, Linebacker we already talked about. And the defensive line has a lot of potential. You know, it depends. Can Sap get his academics together? Can he get himself together?
1: Just on academics alone, this is speak on, like, have you ever seen any other program have the issues with getting guys qualified? Like, it seems to be an issue every signing day with, with us. I've seen
3: uh, – yeah, I have. I mean, I've seen some schools that have high academic standards, so to speak, and and, and have sh- struggles getting kids in, but they always get in. I think SAP will get in.
1: Um, I don't no, know. Our guys will they- always get in. Um, I think that's been that's been an issue with us. Uh, I think they need to recognize guys with great issues a little earlier and yeah. move move to a more safer guy that can also play ball and guy that could qualify. We're not on the fence and trying to figure it out because um, guys are deciding early and kind of sticking these days.
3: No, that's that's a good point. Um, and the transcripts themselves, I don't have access to, and all that stuff, and you don't know if he started off poorly and then he got better, or if he was started poorly. I mean, I uh, started off great and then got worse. You know, the off-field stuff always an issue, but his talent is enough where cuz he can play D-tackle or defensive end that you, you, I think you have to take a shot at him. And uh you know, but yeah, the the academic issue is is out there for other places, just not it doesn't seem to come up as much like when I talk about Alabama or LSU. I don't know if it's that they don't care about academics.
2: Well, I mean, Mike, I mean, you've been in this business long enough. And I mean, I worked at the football recruiting office at Florida. I mean, Florida, you know, historically and, you know, is currently ranked as what the number six public school in the country. But I mean, between the three of us, we know that Florida, you know, as long as they have a pretty good, you know, minimal. Minimal chant. Like it, it's just not that much harder to get into Florida as a prospect no. than it is to get into like Alabama or LSU as long as you're above those NCAA thresholds. Now, it's not like you're going to, no offense to them, like a West Virginia or a Louisville, but you know, the standards that the SEC has, you know, are pretty universal across the board. We're not talking about Florida being a Notre Dame or Stanford, right? So, you know, that's, I think, the big issue that that we're seeing is, you know, Florida wasn't even able to sign. We knew that there was going to be a number of folks this year, uh, but there's even more today that we found out that won't be signing. But, you know, I hearken back to two classes going. Florida missed, I think, seven people um, for, for grade-related issues or, you know, unable to qualify. So it's just – it's a, a disturbing trend when, when that kind of stuff pops
1: up in December. We about to miss on Hammond twice.
3: Yeah, well, I mean – that's cra- that's crazy. I wouldn't go back on a kid. I, you know, JUCO's are, are risky enough, but if, if mm-hmm. you you make it and then you're recruiting them again, it's like forget it. But um, I think the difference here is Alabama comes in on a Tyreek sap late and don't need him. He's a great addition to the class. If it doesn't work out. We gray shirt him. We could punt him off to JUCO. We do whatever. Florida has Tyreek Sapp as one of the foundations of their class. And I think that's the difference. LSU, the same thing. LSU will come in on a kid and he's a great addition, but he's not somebody that you you know would die if you don't get him in the class. Tyreek Sapp is a huge part of this class. I've been talking to all the recruits. They built the defensive line around his recruitment so they can't go back on him now. And I don't know what the magic elixir is for Alabama. Maybe it's better evaluation. <laughs> But whatever Nick Saban does, if people could figure it out, they'd all be doing it. And right. so uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't blast the staff for that. Uh, I would keep on sap. I think he'll get qualified. I think he'll be a very good football player. But between the injuries and the academics, I get I get what you guys are saying. It's just he's risky. And that's why mm-hmm. he was 5 and we dropped him to a 4 because he's risky. Feeling mm-hmm. is so high, though. He could be, he yeah. could be great.
2: So is there, is there anybody else? I mean, we mentioned Wallace. We somewhat mentioned Terrence Lewis. Is there any other names that Florida fans should look out for over the next? And Tristan Lee, we mentioned any other names that Florida fans should look out for over the next few months.
3: Um, you know, obviously Terry and Arnold, you yeah. uh, he's a weird one to me because he's such a talent. Um, I thought he was going to sign early and I thought it was going to be Florida. He likes the attention. So I think that's why he's waiting. I still think he's going to end up as part of this Florida class. But, again, it's another D-back, and they've done well at D-back already. Um, they might dig in, obviously, a little bit to the either the portal or <clears throat> to, the, to the JUCO route on the offensive line uh, because they haven't hit a home run this year with it and, and three guys are missing. Um, but, you know, if they don't get Lee – they might have to reach on somebody, but I, I would expect Terry and Arnold to be part of this class. I think Tristan Lee's a flip of the coin right now. I don't know why they haven't gone on Wallace. I'm trying to think who else is out there. I mean, it's a huge. What's class. The
1: deal? What's the deal with Destin Hill? I've, I've been hearing like off the field. Is, is his stuff academics as well? Yeah, but he'll. I think he'll be fine too. Um, yeah.
3: You know, again, when you're when you're when you're in the situation that. Some schools are in. You could take a kid like that. Florida's not dying for wide receivers, and, right? You know they don't need to take a risk on him. Um, so he'll he'll end up elsewhere. Um, you know, I don't know to get involved with anybody that's a big name waiting. Um, you know, you just don't know because because uh, there's a couple of Michigan kids from Florida that haven't decided whether they're going to sign yet or not. Um, Michigan's one of those schools that. Because of Harbaugh, you could have a guy uh, like Jalen Hood be available that Florida could go after hard as a linebacker, and maybe that's the guy they got their eye. I'm not really sure. You know, 6'1", 2'12", uh, strong, uh, weak side guy, blitz, crazy. He's deciding at this very moment whether he wants to sign or not. Um, at least last time I checked with him, he might have signed for all I know. but. Just keep an eye on some of those Florida guys that were supposed to go up north that waited. And I think i mm-hmm. in been on some of those guys.
2: Hey, Mike, just overall, like big picture perspective, who on Florida's staff is, are considered good to elite
3: recruiters? Well, it starts with Brewster. Uh, You're okay. a guy that loves recruiting. Now, he's he's a polarizing individual. He was the guy who found Vince Young. Well, not found Vince Young, but got Vince Young to, um, to Texas. He did a great job in North Carolina. Uh, he's done a terrific job for Florida. Now, he's the assistant head coach, so he's involved in all aspects, uh, Focus on tight ends. But he's won. Hevesy has a good offensive line um, reputation, but they haven't hit a home run. Billy Gonzalez, of course, has been everywhere. Solid recruiter not great uh, Tory and Gray is probably their best recruiter overall um, those are the guys that kind of stand out um, d Rob of course too but they don't have anybody that I would say is man this guy's a top 10 recruiter in the country other than Bruce who has that reputation um, you know maybe that's where they're they're lacking a little bit is they got guys who've been places done things, but
2: don't have that tremendous reputation. Uh, I mean, I guess that, that, that Florida have the ability to recruit, to get over that hump. Obviously they have some great coaches, you know, a guy like Greg Knox has a great reputation as a coach, uh, but not necessarily as a recruiter, although he's able to land Lorenzo Lingard and to uh, Marcus Bowman out of the portal. Right. Which, you know, is it, isn't it a bad consolation prize for not getting anybody in, you know, in high school, you know, but, you know, Ron English kind of same questions. And, you know, there's just some some question marks. I mean, do you think that the way Florida staff's built right now, from a recruiting perspective, they could ever compete with the Alabamas or the, the Clemsons of the world?
3: It, it, honestly, it starts with the head, man. Yeah. You don't have a coach. And, and this comes from an ex-Florida staffer. Um, and I gotta be careful because I'm not Mm -hmm. going to, if you don't have a head coach that loves recruiting, uh, it's, it's very difficult. And, and Dan Mullen doesn't love recruiting. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he he does it, doesn't hate it, but he's not a guy that's going to close or he's not a guy that's going to be involved from step one, like a Ryan day or a Dabo Swinney or you know, Saban's got a different recruiting style, so I won't even put him in there, but an Ed Orgeron. He, he's a personable guy, which is what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But yet he's not in love with the recruiting aspect of things. So the assistant coaches serve it up to the coordinators who serve it up to the head coach. But if your head coach isn't a great recruiter, then you're not going to be that elite level of Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and those those schools. This isn't a shot because Dan Mullen – is a better coach than a lot of guys who are great recruiters. And I'd rather have a better coach than a recruiter. But that's where it starts.
2: Cool. Silk, you got any more questions?
1: Silk, you seem upset. No, no, no. I am I'm, – no, I'm, I'm not in the greatest of moods. Um, He's been gave was a college. game we should have won. This happens, um, every, yeah.
3: this happens every year
1: all right no oh uh, yeah but i'm a little fed up mike like we gotta like up fire somebody up to player and then all i'll right. be, be all right you know just show me you got some dog in you fire a coach bench worst, a player it's just easy the worst thing that happened to florida recruiting
3: is that urban meyer was there because he would pull stuff out of his butt that you could not believe
1: like, i mean never- i didn't need i don't need the greatest recruiting in the world but I, like when you're missing on guys and guys are not qualifying, I just think it looks like incompetent at that point. Like Spurrier wasn't a killer recruiter.
3: Mm-mm. Nope.
1: He didn't like recruiting. Nah. nah. Winning, winning yeah. brought
3: Florida. And, yeah.
1: and
3: that's what I thought would happen this year before the LSU game. You know, I, I swear that this was going to be like the step that they take in winning rather than having to out-recruit everybody say, listen, come to Florida, win a national championship. And then the LSU game happened. We'll see how they play against Alabama. But Spurrier brought kids there because they won, and he put together a good staff. But but he was also a guy who hated recruiting. So I'm not saying Mullen hates recruiting. It's just not his favorite thing in the world to do. And, Seems that way, a little and, bit. And Mario Cristobal <laughs> is, is like, you know, you can't stop talking about recruiting. That guy just won't shut up. Like, you know, his <laughs> passion, it's his love. It's every second of every day. It's an addiction. And, and I think that's what you really need. If you don't have a great, great staff, you better have somebody who makes your staff great. And and it's on Mullen. But sit, listen, we're complaining about the number seven class in the country. So I I, I just – these are first world problems, guys. Listen, try to be a Wake Forest fan.
1: No, I don't even know how they cheer for football. I just, <laughs> I just don't like football. A Wake Forest. i got a good head coach, though. Be, be a Rutgers fan for a week. I would have have Rucker's expectations at that point in life. So you know
3: <laughs> I get you. I know. Listen, I, I love the I love the passion. And and I was talking to Clay Helton earlier today. And I said, Clay, man, you are on the hot seat from the day you got the job. They put you on the hot seat just because your name is automatically it's like Google autofill. Like right. hot list together. You're six and no going to the Pac-12 championship. They're gonna put you on a hot list. And he goes, I want to be on a hot list every day. I want to be on a hot list because the expectation is USC are so hot. And if I don't win, that means I'm not doing my job. So if we're not 6-0 and right now, put me on a hot list. And and that's kind of what you want, that little swagger and love. And Clay Helton didn't recruit well last year. Horrible. But bounced back this year and, and got it done. So I think maybe this might be – a disappointing finish for Dan Mullen and it might kick him in the butt a little bit.
1: And real quick, real quick. I mean, they got us at seven. You think we win? We in? What's that? You broke up. I said, they got us at number seven. You think we win? We in? Um,
3: to the playoff? Man. Yeah. Cause they kept you seven. I'll be flat honest with you. They shouldn't have kept you seven. You think they did it for TV ratings? They did it to keep a group of five out for sure. You know, Iowa state shouldn't be up there either. They got two mm. bad losses. I mean, they're they're they you guys lost to at least Texas A and M, right? You know uh, who they lose to? Kansas State and and and, and Louisiana or something. Yeah, I, I,
2: Louisiana Lafayette, yeah,
3: horrible. So I mean, the the playoff rankings, play, playoff rankings are ridiculous, you know. And if you win, I yeah, I think you're in because you're seventh and you're, you're going to beat the number one team. So, you know, and then get in the playoff and see how recruiting changes. So everything's. I know I've been talking to Florida fans for about six years now about disappointing finishes. Uh, it's been about six years. Must Champ had some really good classes and um, I get it. It's it's frustrating for sure to close this way and see Xavier and Sorry pick up a Georgia hat and, and have all these kids come in for a visit in the last, you know, trip of the year and, and not get any of them. It's frustrating. I get it. So, I didn't think things would go great for Florida today, and and they didn't, but I still think this is a good class. I still think it's a good class.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid class, um, but we, like we, this is uh, first world problems and all that, but we also trying to get to the playoffs and compete with Bama. And, and you know, uh, we want to go in with a offense and defense and a, a football team that can line up and all of that type of stuff. So we're just being a little bougie.
2: Well, I think part of that is because Florida is what the number seven class, and what, what does that put them the number four, number five SEC yeah. Yeah. team? Right. Yeah, so, good. I mean, that's we're, we're, we're beating the ACC, the Big 12, and the Big 10, but we don't play the Big 12, the SEC, and the. And Big we need 10 to create ACC. death.
1: Like, it ain't just like we, like, no, like, I think we got death issues, even when it showed up this year when um my man Kyrie Campbell wasn't playing. Like, it was a, that was a huge issue. One guy. Like that, you can't be able to compete on the highest level if one guy's out and then just your whole defense is out of whack. That's insane.
3: Well, that's that's the energy, man. And, and I know you guys are upset about Bryce Langston, but he's polarizing. You know, hundred and ten percent one play and two percent the next. He's a tough right, a kid.
1: No, I'm not but, upset about him. i um. I wish that they had a better plan because he just yeah. seemed wishy-washy the entire cycle. Oh, well, they should have said,
3: "Committer, we're done." Period. Right
2: right I, I, sorry my I feel like that's something that that happens a lot. I feel like we get played a lot right like a lot more a lot more than we should and I, and I think that that's probably a bigger issue Is that Florida seemingly gets left at the altar really often either like a late time flip or you know we put all of our eggs in one basket and then that we're not even a hat on the table, you know
3: I hear you I mean that one there I would have played differently no doubt i wouldn't let bryce langston you know i'm gonna commit 50 times forget it either you commit or you don't you're not he's he's a he's a really really big kid who could play stand-up I've got so much athletic skill but he's also a kid that it like, plays off like crazy i would just say listen i'm not waiting for you you want to commit commit but then he commits and then he you know, sneaks off on a secret visit to someplace else or, you know, falls in love with LSU and then decommits late. And maybe they felt that. Maybe they felt that there was a little flakiness there and never wanted to squeeze him into the class because they knew that he was kind of flaky. So you just don't know what goes on behind the scenes with these kids and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, you, 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 you're you frustrated with your defensive coordinator, and and I am too. You're frustrated with your, your offensive line and the inability to run the football. I get that too. The recruiting staff is there's it's solid. There's some good ones. There's some guys that are a little out of touch. Uh, I get that too. Um, if you want to beat Alabama, you're right. They need to make some changes. But that goes for every team not named Clemson <laughs> or Ohio State because LSU fell into it. That was just like – a whirlwind of everything perfect happened. And and now they're, you know, look at them. They're, they're just sort of average now. So, I don't know. It, it's going to take a better effort in-state, though, and a better relationship at IMG, too. I mean, that should have been a feeder program. Remember when Wanky was hired there and everybody said, that every kid's going to go to Florida State? Well, when Wanky left, every, every kid was going to go to Florida. Well, where the hell are they? I mean, a lot of kids ain't like from right?
1: Florida. Yeah. Like- yeah. But yeah, just, they all shipped in.
3: J.C. Latham shipped in from Wisconsin. Guess where he's going? Alabama.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, there? I mean.
3: Why can't Florida do that? That's the one thing. Because
1: save me, because if they don't get his ass to Alabama, Saban is going to fire somebody. <laughs> he might. Well, I will. The energy's different. If your job is on the line, if I can't land this guy from IMG, you know, like my job on the line, my energy different. If I miss on him and it's okay, we get a guy in the portal, then, you know, everything is hunky-dory.
2: That's why Greg Knox gets a pass.
3: There's also, uh, there's worship of Saban at certain schools and there's a, a bit of Saban worship at IMG, but he deserves that worship. He's the best coach, won a billion natural. Right.
2: they have what, 70 players in the NFL. So,
3: so, <laughs> but that worship goes a long way, you know? So you have to earn that worship. And, and the only way to do that is to win and win recruiting battles. And you go circle, 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 you wait right. till Saban retires then they put in another coach, either he ruins it or it continues to go. But right now, nobody's catching Alabama on a recruiting level in the SEC. Uh not L S U, not Georgia, not anybody. Um, and a player development wise, nobody's even close. Ohio State's yeah, it is what it is. Ohio State's number two. Um and, and they're a distant number two from Alabama. So I get it. But the first step was to win the East, right? Yeah. Won the East.
2: I mean, I, I think, you know, we we, talk, we we had a wild show the other day uh, and a lot of people, you know, <laughs> One point, one person slid into our mentions and uh, talked about how negative we were. And, you know, I respond back to them, no, it wasn't about negativity. It's about expectations. So it's once you set the bar and you start to achieve those expectations, that's now your floor, right? Then you have to start talking about moving up and being better. Um, and that's that's where we want to be. Number seven class is great. And you no. look, you know, you look collectively at the group and, you know, tight end, uh, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, backfield, and the defensive side, know, defensive line, if it all works out, like solid, solid group. But, you know, when you look at who are those elite playmakers, you know, Jason Marshall's good, Corey Collier's good. You know, you have some, you know, DeMarcus Bowman's good. But, you know, who are the ones that are going to drive you to being not just the SEC East champ, but the SEC champ and, and being in, you know, not losing those, you know, games to Texas A&M or those games to LSU, right?
3: Yeah. I think Sapp just signed.
2: Oh, very good.
3: Like just this very second. So that's good. Um, I get it. And again, listen, you know, I could, I could, I could talk about, I deal with everybody. So I I deal with Nebraska fans and Tennessee fans and stuff like that, who are 30 years removed from winning Michigan fans and stuff. So I I hear them. I deal with schools that have no expectations because they've never won anything. Um, I look at Miami and what they used to be and what they are now and Florida State, and I'm like, hmm, Florida doesn't have it that bad. But I get it. You want a national championship, and you demand greatness. And Dan Mullen makes how much a year? Uh, over $6 million. Okay. Well, I don't feel sorry yeah. for him. So yeah, I think we're all all right. Better job recruiting because he makes $6 million a year, and I don't make crap like that. So do a better job, Dan Mullen.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um I'm a big I'm a big Dan Mullen fan. Don't get it twisted. I love the guy, you know what I'm saying? Um I like what he got the direction of the program going, don't mistake it. But I think uh to be a dog and to be with the Nick Sabans and the Dabos of the world, you gotta be able to bench guys and play your Trevor Lawrences, and you gotta be able to bench a uh fire a coach out to win a national championship. Like you gotta have those type of guts. So that's all
3: reaction to the Marco Wilson thing was one of the lamest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Now, everybody,
2: yeah. Mike, when you have some time, you'll have to listen to our show from Tuesday. It's a uh, I'll
3: go back and listen,
2: it's it's an all timer. Uh, no, I mean, I think what you said earlier about Nick Saban is it makes sense, right? The SEC is about to hire its 49th and 50th coach since Nick Saban's been hired. There's a reason why, right? He's doing something nobody
3: else is doing, so he's the goat. And and I will Absolutely. say, you know, they're not in the east, but you better hope Cristobal doesn't take that Auburn job. Because you want to talk about someone coming into Florida and stealing recruits, he will do it just like Nick Saban does. I don't
1: take a whole lot of effort.
3: <laughs> well, the other thing could happen, right? Yeah, I mean, you could take the Miami job and, and that would hurt too. You yeah. got to all goes to Texas. That's what you got to hope. Or, or stays out in Oregon, stay out in duck land with your hydro pools and your whatever that. Technology that you got out there. <laughs> Take away because that guy, man, I'm telling you, he is going to win national championships with somebody. And uh he's coming to the SEC eventually. And it's gonna be fun. Not not for you guys, but it'll be fun. And everybody will have to step up their game. This is the other thing I like about Saban. When when Urban Meyer went to the Big Ten, recruiting changed. Everything changed. It, people were complaining. Oh, he's stealing our players. I'm like, what? He goes, that's unethical, Brett Bielema whining. That's unethical. Shut up. He's a part. <laughs> and you're 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 chum. And he's coming to get you and he did it and he won a national championship. And that's what Saban does. And and you're right, with that dog mentality, you had to have that. So if Dan Mullen's not getting it done on a recruiting trail, time to find some guys underneath them that can help and, and get that done. But but again, I I look at things in relative terms and You guys own the state of Florida. When it comes to the three big power programs, you're in the SEC title game. Things are moving in the right direction slowly. All right,
2: Mike, we appreciate your time, man. Thirty, thirty five minutes with the uh, with the recruiting God on. on We We appreciate that.
3: All right, guys, keep your heads out there. Uh, (laughs) Good luck at the SEC championship game. And, uh, you know, we'll see where
1: we go from here.
2: All right, brother. We'll talk Absolutely. to you soon. Maybe uh, we can talk in February again.
1: Absolutely. Thank All right, brother. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Mike. We about Thanks. to enjoy ourselves for sure, Dan. We ain't explained, we didn't plan on being on here an hour like this, dog, but the no, vibe is did,
2: real. It's a good conversation. Uh let's give a shout out to uh to our other sponsor. Uh so if you're looking to buy a home in Florida, specifically South Florida, if you're looking to sell your home, if you're looking for an investment property. Give Danette Thompson with Central Property Realty a call 954-341-9089. She has over 30 years of experience in real estate. She's based in South Florida. She's a proud Gator and University of Florida alumna. So give her a call 954-383-9194 or visit centralpropertiesrealty.com. Again, looking to buy, sell a home, get an investment property. Give her a call. Um, so I know we've got to get Andrew Spivey on the uh, on the horn here to talk yes, a little sir. bit more in depth about the Gators. Um, what are your thoughts on what Mike said?
1: Um, yeah, Mike's trying to you know he playing a little nice with him, but he he don't come from the fan perspective. So I think we're a little jaded and we feel uh, we're a little bit more emotionally tied than than he is. But um, I mean, we broke down our science of what we seen. I think he, he kind of seen our gripes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Overall, that's not a bad class. I mean, we're at number seven, you know, so we can't yeah. call it a bad class. But to get to that next level, that next echelon, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what Florida does if some of these guys, you know, your Dakota Mitchell, your Devye Hammond, um, who else?
1: Uh you know, Parker,
2: or- Strickland, if they don't make it in the class, you know, right. who do you to fill those holes with?
1: I'm interested to see uh, Spivey's perception on it uh, versus Farrell. I think yeah. he's going to be a little bit more emotional like us.
2: He's going to be a little bit more emotional. I think he's the uh, the world's biggest fan of uh, of Dan Mullen here. So uh, in the recruiting, I know that he's got some issues that, that he's going to want to call out. Uh, speak of the devil, Andrew Spivey is here. So let's bring him in. Andrew Spivey, my friend. What's going on, guys? What's up, brother?
1: You're hanging out a little bit, man. How
2: you been?
0: I'm good. I'm ready to come to Atlanta with you guys. Oh, you going to Magic City?
2: The Devil, Andrew Spivey. Is here, so let's bring him uh, in. Andrew Spivey, Spivey your uh, your, your on the other room.
0: Going yeah. on, guys. My bad, guys. I had you going on Twitter in the background.
2: I, I get. It. I don't blame you. We are uh, we're celebrities in our own right. You um, say so you're going to join us at Magic City.
0: I don't know about Magic City. We call it Braves Country.
2: Uh no, I I think Corey's talking about something different.
1: Oh yeah, don't worry about it. He don't, <laughs> oh he don't know no, my bad, my bad.
2: As, it's, it's a chicken wing joint, I believe.
1: That's the um hold on. What it was it happens Lou. to have that Williams. was
0: Lou, right? Lou Williams.
1: Yeah, sure was. Shout yeah, out to Lou. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Legendary Lou Will. Uh Andrew Spy, we've been hanging out. We've been talking about the, the recruiting class, the day. Um, uh, we've been kind of giving grays out. Also criticizing the staff and giving out, we're giving props what we could, but um, we just since Saturday, I've just been in a, in a cranky mood, man. I can't can't shake it I, right now.
2: Been gloomy. It's 35 degrees in Georgia right uh, now, it's raining, it's gloomy, gloomy. am seven
1: being ranked seven, like brightened my day a little bit, but then 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 we just I looked at this class on paper again. I was like, bro, we just we missing them guys, them guys.
0: Well, you're fourth in the SEC, that sucks. I mean, you know, that's that's where you're at. I mean, you're fourth in the SEC. That's that's not very good. And, you know, I, I heard you guys talking about it with um, the offensive line class. I mean, Hammond's going to be out. Strickland's going to be out. You know, you're, you're going to go in with two offensive linemen and, uh, uh Yusef and uh, who am I missing here, uh, Jake Slaughter. You're going to go in with that class. Slaughter's a center. Okay, you you feel pretty good about Ethan White being your center the next few years. Uh, You have, you know, Yusef, who's a more of a project kind of guy, didn't play his whole senior year. Uh, Offensive line's terrible this year. So where are your feels? And, you know, that that's my whole thing is we feel pretty good about Josh Braun. And you think Tarquin can play and you think Ethan White can play. Who's playing beside them guys? Garage, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but he's an inside guy. So I, I just feel like, you know, as good as Dan is with quarterback play and as good as Bowman's going to be with all, uh, the running back and as good as uh, your receiver class is, your offensive line class. And I, I think we're going to all find out this weekend just how good Alabama really is up front. That's NFL talent. I mean, they've got eight or nine guys on the offensive and defensive line that are going to be playing on Sundays. Look at this Florida Quest Can you really project any of the guys on the offensive line to play in the NFL next year?
2: No.
1: Uh, right now, I think Stone is an NFL guy.
0: Yeah. Maybe, Maybe yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But I, so that's kind of where I'm at is you know, as much as our the
1: you thing know, is, uh Spider, we've seen guys play off line and think they can't play in the NFL and then they go do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like we've seen guys jump early. Fred Johnson
2: created is, himself a career. Trenton Brown. John we Fred. all hated
1: he on Trenton when he was one here. One right. Um we can I go on and on the about it. yeah, right. So I think, oh, we need those guys that can play fast. Not We could develop and they're going to be studs and make a lot of money in the NFL. No, we need guys that could get on the field, play now, and get us a championship. That's what Bama's getting.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, a couple people told me last night, well, Dan's hoping to go through the transfer portal. Cool. Clearly. But are, are are you really convinced that there's going to be a guy in the transfer portal? Someone told me this. A coach told me this. And he said, a, a tackle is not going in the transfer portal. He's going to the NFL because they get paid so are you really hoping you can find a a tackle or two in this class or in the transfer portal that's going to come and win next year for you I just don't see it and you know uh, Tristan Lee I I think he's definitely got Florida in the mix for him I think they're trailing Oklahoma a little bit still but again are you putting all your eggs in one basket you know I, I look at a guy like Marcus Tate for instance St. Thomas that's the guy you need to land. Mm-hmm. Clinton should not be beating Florida right. for that guy, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's just I and I, I'm like you. I share the frustration, and it's just Dan Mullen continued to say all along, "Well, winning is going to be our biggest recruiting strategy." You won this year, and you're still fourth in the SEC. Like that, that's the frustration. And I, I heard you earlier, Silk, and you said you love recruiting, and and this staff pretty much hates recruiting, and that's it's not a good recipe in the day and age we're in right now.
2: No. Um, Spivey, uh, you touched on it briefly, but let's get some official grades. Um, a to F, offensive side of the ball. Uh,
0: I would I would give it a I would give it a, a B to a B minus to a C plus, and the only reason I do that is because the offensive line class. I think you got two mm-hmm. really good quarterbacks. DeMarcus Bowman's a freak. I mean, I, I don't care you know, that he is in the transfer portal. I give him credit. I really like Marcus Burke, and I really like uh, John Reynolds when healthy. Um, do, I, do I think you need another receiver? Sure. Uh, do I think you needed a a Brashard Smith or someone who is a kind of a slot receiver
1: kind of guy? Yeah,
0: I do. Um, well, what is the
1: news on Charles Montgomery?
0: Sounds like to me that he's out. Apparently, some people I thought was. that uh, that he didn't have a good senior year. And they, they 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 think that they maybe took a an early flyer on him and it didn't pan out.
1: Oh, <laughs> so uh, eval eval um, miss. So it's not yeah. academics or anything like this it's an eval thing, right? Eval thing.
0: Rutgers more academics. Hmm. So we'll do see. you think do
1: you do you think we have an issue with identifying guys that could qualify? We asked Mike Farrell the same thing. I want to get your view on it.
0: I do. I, I think that you know, at times the, the staff maybe hopes some of these guys will get better, but I mean, let's look at this class: Javante Gardner grades, the D- Tariq Sapp grades, um, Adrian Stripling a little bit of grades. Um, I'm, I'm missing it. Hammond grades. So that's four guys that right now you're looking at grade problems. That now Sapp's probably the only one out of the four that's going to qualify that's, you know, what, what are we here? What is today? December 16th. Yeah. And you're just now really figuring this out. I mean, Strickland, uh, Gardner and uh, Montgomery are three guys that just this week were told they can't sign. I mean, it's a little late in the process for it. I mean, you know, nowadays 80% of the recruiting class is done in, in right. December. You know, if you go to February, are you really going to get many guys that are program changers who are going to come in and really, you know, set up and, and be able to play next year? I, I don't think so. I mean, when I look at the offensive line class, uh, and I, I don't mean to be ugly to the guy, but uh, Austin Barber will probably be the guy that gets in the class. And, you know, he's a guy who Hevesy didn't speak to since February until last week. And, you know, Miami did offer recently, and he did have a, a, a okay senior year or a better senior year. But still, why are you falling back on playing C&D guys in December instead of really having a deep recruiting board it you know that was the thing that I had always frustrated me with Jim McIlwain and much right. was it always seemed like they had to fall to plan Ds and F's. at Alabama they just fall to plan a again I mean it's you know our, our Clemson it's just from one and the difference
1: know. the difference by they're playing like like McElwain's playing plan F or whatever was was like uh some some random Randy Randy special um, Right. Their backup plan is the portal, and they've been they've been landing here and there to kind of save themselves a lot. Um, so it's a little bit different. So they got a, diff- a different type of cushion than what Mac had.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I and I don't I'm not comp- comparing the the two the two at all because I mean it's two totally different things. And yeah, I, know. I I will say this. I mean, a lot of these guys do develop under Dan Mullen, but I, and I, I don't mean to make this sound negative, but John Hevesy can only develop a guy to his potential uh, you know it, for instance and i'm not i'm not making fun of dan and myself or silk either all of us couldn't get out there and play off its line at the caliber alex weatherwood can we just don't have the talent first of all none of us are six foot four 350 pounds like alex weatherwood but you can only develop a guy to be so much. I mean, a guy like Ethan White, I think he's going to be a very good player. Is he going to develop into an NFL All-Pro? Probably not, but he's going to develop into a really good SEC player. And I think that's what kind of the ceiling is for some of these guys is you're not getting guys that have a ton of talent to be developed. I think you're getting guys that are just okay that are developed in to be an okay players. And I, again, I think that's the difference between Florida and Alabama and Georgia. I mean, you look at Georgia, as bad as they were at quarterback, they still had an offense that was okay because they could run the ball.
2: Um, Spivey, let's go to defense. I want to, before we, you go into grades, and there were some question marks about Tyreek Sapp signing uh, at with Florida at all, and he ends up signing today. Um, and there was Jeremiah Williams yesterday said that he uh, was not going to be signing, and then later in the day said that he was. Talk us through kind of what you know about both of those situations and how both of them ended up at Florida today.
0: Yeah, I think Tyreek Sapp's already sent it in. He's the only one that I think we're waiting on for the official release from Florida, uh, which is which is weird because he said he sent it in like two hours ago. But I mean, no reason to worry there. But um, yeah, I, I think Sapp will be good. I, I think the biggest thing with Sapp is staying healthy. You know, I think he's been out a couple games this year uh, with some injuries. I know he left uh, the semifinal game um last week or the week before last with an injury so i think that's it i think he'll be fine qualifying wise. i mean first of all is this the first time we've ever heard of a saint thomas aquinas guy having grade concerns
2: yeah i didn't know that they had i i thought that there was like a expectation
0: yeah so that was weird to me when people told me that i was like are you sure it's not like off the field and they're like no it's grades i'm like okay so anyway i, I think the biggest key for him is getting him in i i think you know while at Alabama, he'd have just been a guy. I think at Florida, he has a chance to be the guy, kind of on the defensive line. Uh, Jeremiah Williams is a guy I, I really am high on, it. obviously I've got that Alabama bias going on. But um, I think he's a guy that is a really, really good outside linebacker with the potential to be an inside guy. It, it, I, you know, I kind of want to say he's like a Muhammad uh, a little bit, but I think he's a a little bit better player than he is. I, I just hope that whatever position they bring him on campus they let him play that position and not move him around like they do a lot of guys where they you first get him on campus and say they're going to be a buck so they gain weight, and then the next year they say oh well, we want you to move to be a middle linebacker and it just screws the guy's heads up so I hope whatever they bring him in to be they let him be and I think he's a really good player I think he had three sacks in the Alabama Mississippi all-star game the other day so I really really am high on him and I heard you guys earlier, and I want to say this. I think Chris Thomas has a chance to be a, a guy that makes some plays. I think he's a very mm-hmm. underrated guy that just needs his body to be developed a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're high on him? I'm definitely not high on him. you high on
0: him? Uh, I don't want to say I'm high on him. I, I'm definitely not – you know, he's definitely not one of my top guys. But I think at defensive tackle, he's a guy that can come in and make some plays. I think he's an upgrade over a guy like Marlon Dunlap, for instance, uh, who – doesn't do very much for me but uh I, I don't think he's a difference maker of I it mean, I think he's a guy that can come in and give you some minutes I think he'll come in and do what he's told to do I think his body's just in bad shape right now
1: how would you grade uh Turner's recruiting since he's been on staff
0: heading into this year I thought was really good and and again I'm not I don't think that this year is bad at all but I think obviously when you when you miss on Tamiche that hurt a little bit and I just never been enamored by the whole Bryce Langston thing you know, they put all their eggs in the basket of Bryce Langston after Tamisha, and now it looks like he'll probably head to LSU. But once Bryce got big and, and became more of a defensive tackle, I think he should have moved on. I mean, he's not a he's not good enough to be a defensive tackle, and right now he's too big to be a defensive end. So I, I think you should have went after someone else there, but I, Des Watson's going to be a player. I mean, once he trims down, I mean, he's 380, yeah. 360. <laughs> when he gets 340, 330 – under Nick Savage, come on, that guy's going to be a player. Um,
2: Is he he similar to, like, a a Slayton, like, space eater? Like, not going to make a ton of, like, impact stat-wise.
0: I think he got a
1: better get-off than Slayton. I don't like Slayton's get-off.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, too. Like, I think he's a little bit better player than Slayton. I think he – now, will he eat up space? Yeah, I mean, at 340 pounds, he's going to eat up a lot of space. But, you know, will, will he make some plays? Yeah, like, I think Slayton at times just gets in the way. Like, I think that's what he does. He just gets in the way and allows other people to go. Uh, I'll tell you, though, the guy that I think the biggest of is Justice Boone. I think Justice Boone, when you turn on his tape, you see a lot of Jabari and a lot of get off the ball, just can, can go get it now obviously getting off the ball and going to get the quarterbacks is just one part of it. We all seen that, you know, with Brenton Cox this year, he's not played very well in the run, but he's a really good pass rusher. So Boone's the guy that I really like. I think Boone might end up being the, one of the better guys on the defensive line class, even though he's not as high ranked as some of those other guys. But I, I think he is a guy that comes in and can maybe get in on some pass rush situations next
2: year. So so rank that uh, defensive class overall. Uh,
0: I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B plus, uh, A minus. I. That defensive back class has got a chance to be serious. I mean, Jason Marshall starts next year. Uh, Yeah, you think
1: so? I I wouldn't wouldn't bet my money on any young guy starting.
0: Yeah, but uh, no, because of Grant. Well, it depends. Is Grantham going to West Virginia? We'll see. I mean, you know, if it's another defensive back, I mean, if it's another defensive coordinator, maybe he gives the, you know, the young guys a chance. But who's better than Jason, Jason right now on the team? And I'd say probably nobody outside of Kair. That's just my opinion. Um, and then Corey, I really like Corey's game a lot too. I think it'll be, you know, a little bit tougher for Corey to play a, a ton next year because Dean and Rashard and and those guys. But um, Terry and Arnold's a guy that if he does sign with Florida, I really like Terry and Arnold's ability. I think he could even drop yeah. down and play that nickel spot. Um, it will be interesting to see Dakota Mitchell still doesn't have an LOI, and we're at three o'clock on signing day. He's still gonna have an LOI. So are they gonna just gonna move on from that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that he's a difference maker in the class. So again,
1: it don't matter. Like you need you need guy if you identified guys, uh, you evaluated them, you spent time on them, you put resources into it, like a guy, a kid that you wanted on campus, you get to the finish line and you're fumbling like two years in a row. Like, is he just like some make make or break this class? Nah, but that's a real current thing that you need to clean up, man. That's just like seem well, you like you something fought, to figure it out. You fought LSU to flipping. Right, You know, and um, I'll ask you this, guys, from an
0: outside, and that is, you know, do do you feel like that this is a staff that maybe gets to the point where they say, oh, Dakota's a four-star, let's just take him early on, and then when they get to start breaking things down, they say, maybe he's not. I think so. I think at times they look at stars, and then when they start to really dive into the evaluation. There's no way
1: they're, they're stargazing. There's no way they're stargazing. Look at the offensive line. No, no, I'm league. saying
0: it as a guy like Dakota Certain Mitchell. Positions, yeah, a, a guy like Dakota Mitchell, where they just say, "Oh, well, he's a four-star." You know, let's go get him. And then when they start to really break it down, I mean, it's like Finley Graham last year. And I'm not talking bad about Finley Graham, but Finley Graham doesn't have a chance to play DB. He's all a kick returner. And they're pushing the whole message. Oh, well, he could be a nickelback. That man's not playing. No more nickelback than a man in the moon.
2: <laughs> I mean, sp- I mean, we've talked a little bit about you know, there's some lack of interest in recruiting there might be some laziness when it comes to recruiting i mean you might be right i mean you see a guy you know that is a, a ranked four star that maybe shows interest in you and say hey this might be a a slam dunk this might be an easy grab we get him he's probably not going to flip and you know we get we we get someone like him right and i'm not calling anybody lazier i'm not saying that that's what they did but i mean it's not the same situation but if you look towards the end of urban meyer's career I, at florida he kind of did the same thing right i mean if you look at Jeremy Finch, for example, you know he was an uncommitted four-star safety. What did Florida do? Called him up, said here's an offer. They comm- he committed before he comes on campus. He comes on to campus, isn't a four-star guy, and leaves. Right? So, yeah. you know, so so who knows? And again, I mean, Urban Meyer had a lot more leeway than Dan Mullen did when it came to recruiting, but but right. still, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a situation, situation like that uh, existed.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you a guy too. I, I really like Donovan McMillan, and I know I think he's more of a nickel uh, to start his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I think he's a guy, and you know I never want to compare anyone to to Chauncey, but you know he's a real athletic kid like Chauncey Gardner. I mean, he's a kid that uh, wrestles. Um, you know, he really? played running back in, in high school as well, so you know he's athletic. You know, he's got a little twitch to him. Uh, and and I mean that may be the glaring hole on the team right now is who's the nickel. Since Chauncey left, there hadn't been a nickel. I mean, we've tried Marco. That hasn't worked out. We've tried, you know, Trevez at times this year. That hadn't worked out. We kind of all thought Amari Bernie was gonna be that guy, and and that hasn't worked out. He's moved to more of a middle linebacker spot now or outside linebacker. So maybe he's that guy. And uh, you, you know, you, you need someone there. And I think maybe Donovan McMillan is that guy.
1: No, no doubt. We got some playmakers. I think Mark, Marcus is probably my favorite guy on offense. I think yeah. he'll be he's gonna be um, a guy that could take some take the top off. Play that like Grimes. He's a lot like Grimes, in my opinion. Um, he can do a lot of the same things. So um, probably faster than Grimes. Ain't no problem. I think he's faster than Grimes. But he's also a big body guy that can go up and get the ball. Um, Watson, is, like I already said before, Watson is my favorite guy on that defense. But we got some guys that go play football. Like let's not be mistaken, right? right? We critiquing a few things. That's all.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I think that's the thing, and you know uh, we said this a little bit on our podcast this year, and that is. You know, when you get to this level where you're number six in the country or seven in the country now and you're going to play Alabama, you have to stop talking about just being good. You have to start talking about being great and comparing yourself to Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, you know, Georgia in far as recruiting goes. You have to start comparing yourself to those guys. And I think that's kind of where we're at here. But like you said, there's a lot of really good players in here. Um, You know, I'll I'll say that, you know, a guy like Gage Wilcox, I think, you know, he has a chance to maybe come in and be a little bit better of a – pass catcher in in the in the um in the offense and you know we'll see what Nick does in the offense I don't I don't know that he is um tremendously great or anything like that but I think he has an ability to come in and maybe make some plays like that h back role uh it'll be interesting to see you know just kind of where some guys move like for instance does uh does Jahari rogers move to to receiver next year there's some talk of that and you know because he played more quarterback and receiver in high school maybe he moves over there so there's a lot of things that can be moved and I think you and Auk- well, Octa. Auk- I, think
1: I, I think the receiver room is fine. Like, like leave him back we need playmakers in the secondary somewhere to be. I think the wide receiver room is loaded. Yeah. Um, unless they see something crazy in, right. in practice that I don't see. But I would prefer him on, on, on the defense somewhere that can make the plays. Man, we're good in the wide receiver room.
0: Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you this though, all both of you guys, and that is are you tired of the tweeners?
1: Yeah, fed up. <laughs> I, mean, I just need guys that know how to do do what they like, we're trying to find athletic guys that can play linebacker. I said yeah. this on the show. Bama, again, athletic guys that are already play linebacker. We're trying to find safeties and these tweens and turn them into things or safety DB, these hybrids that can play nickel, maybe safety, and then they end up not being good at anything.
0: Yeah, like Dewan Black, like, that's what I'm scared of with him
1: It's where they're going to put I him. think he can be good anywhere, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, but, and I think he can too. But what I get scared of is them trying to alert, teach him one position and then the following year, try to teach him another position. And right. then they just get screwed up. And, you know, I mean, Dewan's got two, maybe three years left. Like, give him a spot and let him focus on that for his entire career and be done with it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the on the receiver. Where
1: do, do you want to see Dewan at?
0: Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him at the star. I, I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing him at the star. Uh, but then again, I mean, he's, hey, he's getting big enough to play some middle linebacker as well. But, Is he that new – he kind of is that new-age linebacker a little bit that can run with the running back, run with the receiver. I just don't know about how he'll be if he bulks up a little bit.
2: Uh, Spivey, uh, who are some other names? We asked Mike Farrell this question too. Who are some other names? Uh, Trevin Wallace, uh, Tristan Lee. Who are some other names that Florida fans uh, should look out for or listen to over the next two-ish months?
0: You guys are going to laugh at me probably and probably cut me off the show. But I think Trevon Wallace has a chance to be a better linebacker than Sori. And that may just sound idiotic to everyone, and, and it may be. But when you watch his tape, the guy's a natural. I think he's a natural at linebacker. I, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, he's not as rate as high as Sori and all that. And that's fine. I think Sori's a better athlete. But Wallace, in my opinion, if I'm Christian Robinson, I'm calling him last week. Now I'm calling him last month or whatever it is. And um, I, I think that, you know, you definitely got to look at him. You got to look at. Terrence Lewis even though I think he's got some headache problems off the field but I am like you guys I think you need another true inside I think you need a true inside linebacker in the class and Wallace and him are probably that uh Tristan Lee's obviously a guy I I mentioned Austin Barber I think there and I think you got to monitor the Destin Hill situation at receiver even though I don't think they go that away but um you know it'll be down to the wire where if they don't find another receiver in the portal they like maybe they do go after Destin Hill and that I think you have to continue to watch some underrated um, offensive linemen around the, the country, maybe somebody that didn't sign or something else, and just monitor that because you know they can't go into this, you know, next year only signing two offensive linemen. It's just not possible.
2: Man, oh, man. Well, Spivey, we really appreciate Remind everybody where they can find you on uh, social media.
0: Yeah, at Andrew Spivey GC, And as always uh, on the podcast, we're going to have to get you guys on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No chomp, hey, chomping. Braves over
0: here, you know. Oh, yeah, we always do that. Huh? no, no, sir. No, sir. There's a mod. I needed to ask a mod about his uh Chad Wilson comments. Uh,
1: a no, Ahmad is Ahmad, a- he doesn't do <laughs> recruiting. He tells uh, got PTO recruiting days. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Yeah. By the way, I got I got one question for you guys.
2: What do y'all think of Chief? I, I like Chief.
1: I like the Chief Eric
2: Church. Um, that's the only Chief that I like.
1: No, I'm not I like I like Chief Borders. I'm not I'm not mad at that. Like is there like a fan base or like a, a hive that don't like chief borders. I like chief borders.
0: Yeah. yeah I just, uh, you know, in in the dirt. I've seen people bashing saying, Oh, he shouldn't be in. I mean, the guy does make plays. He had 160 tackles. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, Dan, you were in the urban office, you mm. know, and urban used to say, if you can make plays in high school and you're a winner in high school, we'll find a place for you. And,
2: I, I'm not mad about Chief. There's 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 a strange contingent of people on Twitter that is. I, I mean, I think that you can do a lot worse than him. Do I think that he's like, should be your only true linebacker? No, but right. it's, it's better than not having one at all, right? I mean, right. I you know, I think they're not the same position, but I think he might make an impact like a Dustin Doe did or, you know, an Earl Everett or someone like that that, you know, is out there, you know, maybe plays 30, 40% of the, you know, tackles in his position, you know, later in their career. Um, you know, is he going to be an All-American? Probably not. But, I mean, he's a smart kid, right? He's a kid that got into Stanford. I mean, he's going to yeah. learn the playbook in the offseason, right? I mean, you know, part of playing is, is knowing what your assignment, knowing what your position is. So, you know, sometimes that's that's half the battle. It's more than half the battle.
0: I'll say this real quick. I'll let you guys go. But, you know, every class, you can take a couple guys that just really, really want to be Gators. The kid mm-hmm. just really, really wants to be a Gator. I think he has a high energy. Um, he obviously thinks a lot of himself, whether that's good or bad. Um, and he's going to bring some, you know, juice in the locker room a little bit. So I think him and DeJuan Black are good. I mean, like you said, is he an All-American? Probably not. But, I mean, would you guys take four years of, you know, a guy who just is consistently good? I would. Hell, yeah.
2: We take it every year. take but, that every year. All right, all right guys, guys. We appreciate we'll it. We'll, it. we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah by the- take care, guys. We'll see you this
1: Thanks. weekend. Thanks, right, Bobby. i
2: Thanks, Corey. All right, so that went uh, a bit longer than we thought today. Ultimately, some really, really, really good content. Um, overall class, what, a B? Yeah,
1: I'm going to give them a B. Uh, we'll yep. see what happens on Sunday. Hopefully, we can pull off some surprises. Uh, elite or somebody like that, elite, elite, somebody elite in the trenches, in the trenches on either side can make this an A, in my opinion, by signing today. I don't know if they can pull off a miracle. Um, but right now, I get a class of so overall B. Um, and that's just because of
2: expectations of where you want it to be. I mean, overall, top to bottom, yeah, you
1: know, right. solid group and our needs as well i think uh right. offensive line is a big needs and we just didn't get the star power there um dude, will these guys develop will we win football games will we be a good football team oh yeah all that all that's gonna happen but uh right now it's a b we'll see what happens on, on on in february
2: all right my friend well i'll see you on thursday Uh, For the rest of everybody that listened, thank you so much. Again, visit our sponsors, LemonAndLines.com, and give Rebecca a call, 321-300-6557. If you're looking for real estate, give Danette Thompson with Central Properties Realty. We'll see you all soon.
1: Same quarter, same time.